Welcome back. It's been a couple weeks since I put one of these out, uh, more so because the people that I, I was going to have on canceled last minute, so it just was a pain in the ass logistically to make something happen, and I didn't really feel like putting out one um, by myself, just putting out a solo one. I'd rather have people on. That's not to say I won't have episodes in the future where it's just myself. I just have to... Uh, organize it in a way uh, that I like for me to be able to do that. But today on this episode, I have a friend of mine, Nick. He has been a member at Nine Round for like two years, or since I've been there. He's been a member there for years. But I've known him for two years. Uh, I met him through the, where I work at, Nine Round. And uh, I ended up becoming friends through that. And uh, I got him to train at American Top Team and stuff like that. So he trains at both of those gyms. But uh, a cool guy, South Florida native, you know, we always have good conversations. So it was only natural for us to finally sit down and do a podcast together, you know, because we're always having conversations in the gym. And uh, this only makes sense, but. But yeah, so it was nice to be able to do that today. And I mean, life's good right now. I uh, went to Miami yesterday and spent the day walking around downtown Miami. I went to Wynwood. I went to this uh, marina place that was abandoned. I just wanted to get photos. And I'm a fan of the whole Miami aesthetic. It's a, uh, it's a beautiful city. Specifically Wynwood, though, because I love the artwork there. There's so many murals and everything built there, and I just tried to capture as much of that as I could on my camera and whatnot. So I had a pretty good weekend, but, you know, life has been good. I've just been so busy grinding with everything that I'm doing, you know, with doing my streaming and everything uh, as far as it goes on Twitch, trying to make music, training clients, working very structured weeks so i enjoy that so today though i got a little bit of a reprieve i uh didn't have anything to do on the rest of uh on the rest of my day you know i trained clients this morning did this podcast and did some other mundane things and now it's just time to do some editing with this and get it ready for it to drop monday morning because two weeks is just too long uh, I do not need to have those gaps, so I needed to just do multiple guests throughout the week. That way, if one falls through, I have another. I just have to figure figure out how I'm going to do do that and make it happen, you know. So, but uh, I mean, this has been a a really enjoyable experience sitting down and having these conversations with people. I um ended up enjoying it a lot more than I thought I was going to. It's There's something special to be said about sitting down with somebody and having a face-to-face -face conversation. And I, I know I've said this in the past, but I just kind of like to reiterate that, you know. It's, it's something that people should do more often, you know. But uh, I'm not going to go off and ramble on about much more, so... I hope you enjoyed today's episode, and again, thank you for taking the time out of your day to listen to this podcast. I know you don't have to do to do that, but it's greatly appreciated. So without further ado, let's go ahead and get into this thing.
Hey, man. What's the deal? It's about time. I know we've been talking about this for a minute. I know, I know. Always, uh, you know, always something coming up. But, you know, hey, we make it happen when it's time. Yeah, so. we, made, we made it happen. So, um, yeah, so, I mean, what's what's been going on in the life of Nick lately? Life of me. Just, uh, you know, just working out, chilling, you know. Um, I was at a work by, as of June 1st, but, you know, I... I was battling with myself uh, in terms of do I take time off and mentally reset or do I hit the ground running, you know, and, you know, it's a volatile doggy dog world out there. So I was like, you know what, let me just hit the ground running. So I put my resume out there. I got a new opportunity within two weeks. I start Monday, as I told you. And um, other than that, you know, um, uh, I'm currently dating someone right now, too, you know. Nice. So, uh that's kind of new for me because I've never been in a serious, serious relationship. Yeah. I was always, I was helping a bunch of women cheat in the past, you know, yeah. instead of instead of actually having something real. So I'm, it's kind of like new to me. So that's that's basically what's been going on with me. That's you know? good, man. Yeah. And for those of you who don't know, I know Nick through uh, Nine Round. I mean, I don't know how long yeah. ago that was now. Like he, yeah, he, almost two, two years. years. Two years. Yeah, in. pretty much two years. Yeah. You know, and uh, he ended up going over and he's training at American Top Team as well. Yeah. So we've met through the fitness martial arts world, yeah, you know. Absolutely. So. But no, that's good, man. I know you were telling me about the new job and everything, you yeah. know. And I could imagine, like, you worked at that other place for how long now? Ten years. I could imagine there's a bit of, like, apprehension coming out of that. And yeah. like, all right, okay, what do I do now? This absolutely. Is what, this is my, my normal for yeah. ten years, you yeah, know. exactly. And, um, you know, jobs come and go. Companies go, um, you know, shut down all the time. You know, I know I would find something, but it's just the relationships that I've um, acquired throughout those years and the the everyday things, you know, going out to lunch and and celebrating someone's birthday is the things I'll miss, you know? Yeah. So, um, but yeah, it it, it was a pretty much like, oh, shoot, you know, that that, that was 10 years of my life. But, you know, I I guess it's, you know, when it's time to move, it's time to move. So. Well, now, you know, another chapter come Monday. Man, so. You're about to embark on, embark on a new journey in life, yep. you know, you know, but yep. like, and what you were saying too is like, this was an opportunity as well, because you're, you're getting out of an old career and now you're coming into, well, it's essentially the same line of business. Yeah. Yeah. Same okay. line of business. Yeah. But you're like, you're moving up. In, in terms of like you're probably gonna be make you said you're starting off like making the same as what same. you were it's like starting off yeah. you know that's 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 big man you have a lot of room for growth there yeah, a lot know? of room for growth it's yeah. an urgent care center so you know I'll, I'll be i'll be the documentation specialist okay there you go man. So, so that's good man i'm yeah. happy i'm happy to hear that kind of thank stuff, you man. man and uh so uh it's, it's interesting that you said that you were you were dating now um was that something that you st- started to develop through like the quarantine like you guys were nurturing a relationship or was it just abrupt and like wow uh, i really we like actually this met on uh tinder back okay. in like december and honestly you know tinder i wasn't yeah. looking for anything serious uh, no and yeah. um then it just grew to that you know mm-hmm. and um because i was always the person who's like I, I don't walk around with expectations or put labels on anything i just let everything happen organically yeah and it's happened organically and yeah through the quarantine it did grow because yeah. you know she was there for me I, I can't say no one was there for me, but, you know, you, you have that special someone that's there for you to go to during all this, you know? Yeah. So, because at first it was, it, it was shocking because I'm such a social person, 
And just to stop that all abruptly, I was like, oh, crap, you know, I was <laughs> like, I was, oh, shit, what do I yeah, do? <laughs> you know, what do I do? And, and, you know, then, you know, you get everybody in your head talking about, oh, you know, uh, you know, uh, if you get this virus, you never may never see your loved ones again. So, you know, I had that shit in my head, but I had to snap out of that. You know, at yeah. first I was like, yeah, what the fuck am I crying for? You know, but, you know, and yeah, it, it, it developed um, pretty strong over these past few months. So, yeah, that's good, man. Yeah, man. I'm happy for you. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I noticed that's one thing with quarantine, too. It's like it was weird going from having the ability to socialize mm-hmm. and then it abruptly stops Yeah. aside from your immediate circle. And even then, you yeah. know, it wasn't as as common. Yeah. So it's unique that you're able to cultivate a relationship through that with yeah. with somebody you know it's, yeah it's, it's very interesting yeah you know? the first few weeks is like oh we better be careful then honestly <laughs> i ain't gonna lie then it was like i had a few years i was like oh fuck this and you know let me just come see you you know and then yeah you know and then we've been doing it since march so yeah yeah and you got no cough or nothing so you're good nope <laughs> nope no well no that's cool man yeah i mean uh you, you were speaking on something about like basically being there for other people to uh to cheat and stuff like yeah. that you know yeah um i don't think i've ever been in a not that i could not that i can recall that i was ever in a situation where i actively knew the other person was was cheating yeah but like what like what what was that experience like being with somebody where you know they're with somebody like uh, it, it, i guess it was like a thrill you know it yeah. was a thrill but at the same time it was like yo I deserve to get shot, you yeah. know? Um, and, yeah, I, I, I was an asshole about it, you yeah. know? And, I mean, I would never do it to, like, a good friend, you yeah. know? These were, like, you know, um, dudes that would supposedly talk behind my back or wasn't even my friend or I didn't even know, Yeah, you know? So um, I, I, I guess that uh, pattern of behavior started in high school because, yeah. like, my high school sweetheart had a boyfriend, but, you know, he didn't oh. go to school with us. But we skipped school all the time. We smoked. We chilled. We did everything together. Yeah. So, you know, but she had a boyfriend, you know, and after that happened, I was, I, I guess I was, I don't want to say traumatized, but that, that just, like, hit me hard because, you know, I knew she would never be with me, but, you know, she always had him yeah. in the background. So I just developed that wrinkle in my brain that became a pattern of behavior throughout the years you know and and that's nothing to brag about it's just you know it was what it was and, yeah yeah no i got you so where uh where did you grow up at and everything i uh i grew up in south florida all my life okay. i was born in manila philippines okay. uh, i was adopted uh by a white family at 11 months so they took me from the philippines and i've been here since that so i've been in the brow county area all my life you know um Grew up in Margate, grew up in Coconut Creek, went to Creek Elementary, Creek High School, Margate Middle School, and basically, you know, South Florida raised me. You're you know? a, lo- a true local. True local. So what yeah. does it mean? Like, I've only been here five five years now. Like, what's it like, what's it like growing up in South Florida? Like, what's, what's the difference from, what separates this place from some of the other places that you've gone? Because from mm. my experience since being down here, it's it's quite a different place culturally than a lot of the places I've been to. Yeah. It's like, um, I think we were talking about it one time, um, when we went to Wynwood, I think, um, um, it, 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 like South Florida is like a different country compared to everything Mm -hmm. else. To me, it's home, you know, like down here, nothing shocks me. It's such a melting pot of different cultures. So, um, for someone not to be worldly and cultured growing up down here, I, I, 
I can't fathom that, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I think it was great. Um, you know, I, I didn't grow up in a, you know, a little town where everybody knew everybody and there was just a populace of a thousand, yeah. you know, and everybody was in your business. It's like, it's like, you know, this is like a population of millions yeah. and, and there's so much to experience and hopefully, you know, you don't, you don't go down the wrong path and get swallowed whole. Cause uh, you know, people, people don't say the craziest people come from Florida or, you know, or all this Florida man stuff comes out of here for nothing, yeah. you know, cause I, I, I've seen a lot, you know, nothing shocks me down here. But uh, yeah, um, I'm 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 grateful to call this home. Yeah. You know, I like I, I I've enjoyed for that very reason is how diverse it is. Yeah, like I I've when I moved here, I I realized like I like the pace that this state moves at or mm-hmm. this particular part of the state because Northern Florida is vastly different than Southern so Florida. So different. The West Coast is vastly different than the East Coast. Yep. But I was just over in Tampa. Um, for Chase's fight a few months okay. ago. Yeah. And I'm like, wow, this doesn't seem like Florida at yeah. all. Like Tampa was, yeah. Tampa reminded me of like New Orleans in a weird way. Yeah, like definitely. Out, like not even not New Orleans. Like it reminded me of just Louisiana. Cause yeah. I went to a, one of my exes fought out there years ago okay. and it was very similar. I'm like, it's kind of got the Southern, Southern vibe yep. to it. And then you come to South Florida. This is like Dominican, Cuban, yep. just the Caribbean, Haitian, all, Jamaican. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. but it's really cool because I like not only is there that there's a lot of I mean it's a lot of transplants from other places, yeah. But a lot of people from all over the world come here specifically. Mm-hmm. You know, I was just in Miami um, yesterday. I just went like on a solo trip down there yeah. and just did my thing. Yeah. And there were so many foreigners, like yeah. people from I don't know the Baltics, a lot of Russian speaking people and yep. and stuff like that. And uh, I thought that it's just really interesting. It doesn't matter where you go in that city, you're yeah. gonna run into somebody that's from a different part of the world. And yeah. it's it's so fascinating yeah. to me because you get this melting pot of culture. And in like in Winwood, because I love the art down there, you see a lot of people from other countries come and paint. You know, mm-hmm. all kinds of cool stuff. So you get to see art from all over the world and mm-hmm. it's just a place that a central place that everybody can come to and kind of like mingle it's really cool yeah, definitely like like you said there, there are transplants but then again it's like the tourism you know it, 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 like people like that moniker goes we live where you vacation yeah you know like even at the mall like sawgrass mall there's so many tourists there because it's like you know the biggest mall in the southeast region mm-hmm. and that's just our backyard yeah you know we just take that for granted and that's why i enjoy the beach like i do because we got to take advantage of it. this is home let's let's enjoy it as much as we can and yeah th- and that's another reason why i'm, I'm so grateful to grow up around here because you know, like again we live where you vacation it's, it's so, paradise man yeah it, it really is. is you know it absolutely is it's expensive as shit to live here but it's worth it, it. is yeah <laughs> man you, in the hood, you'll get some uh, one bedroom for thirty five hundred. It's yeah. crazy. You know, it is wild. Back home, shit for like you know sixteen hundred, eighteen hundred a month. Man, you could live so good, mm-hmm. so good. Yeah. Down here, you got like a two bedroom. Yeah. In like a okay neighborhood. Yeah. For like thirteen hundred, <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah, man. You but know. everything has its pros and cons. Yeah. You know. So, um, have you been, do you have any, uh, do you know any of like your family or anything back in the Philippines? I don't, it it, it never hit me. You know, you see kids on TV shows. Oh, I wonder what, who my real parents are. I, I, it never hit me like that. I just, I always looked at it as like, dang, I'm blessed out of a whole third world country. Mm -hmm. I somehow fate got me here, you know? That's awesome. Yeah. Um, 
sometimes I am curious because I, I, I supposedly had siblings, but I don't know. And also, that's a long-ass flight. <laughs> it is. So, yeah. 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 I was Me and my roommate are trying to tentatively plan a trip to Manila because his dad lives there. Cool. You know. Um, yeah. But uh, you should do, if you haven't already, you should do like the 23andMe Ancestry or something like yeah, that. Yeah, you know, I, I should. I did I did that some years ago. My mom my mom bought it for me as, as a gift. Awesome. And I found a bunch of like relatives in like Kentucky mm. and all this stuff because my biological dad was adopted and he didn't know any of his biological family you know so i'm like "Hmm, this gives me an opportunity Mm. so maybe it could be something similar to you even if you don't have to reach out you just you would have that information if they took it you know if other people have taken it you know but uh it it was super interesting because you also can see like your um i don't know like what exactly you call it is it your heritage or whatever Mm -hmm. your uh Whatever your um, like, it shows what you are. For me, it's like English and mostly English and Western European. Yeah, and uh, it'll show you, you know, like yeah. Philippines, uh, Philippine. whatever your family yeah. is. You exactly, know? like maybe Samoan or something. Yeah, who yeah, knows? You never know. It'll it'll yeah. it'll kind of trace your DNA to whatever part yeah. of the world. Which is super crazy that we have that ability now. You can like trace your genealogy back to yeah. you know as to far your back. ancestry yeah it's insane it is insane you can literally follow your bloodline yeah. back to whoever yep. you know yeah or if like you know if you have you know african-american background you you, you you had family in like you know north carolina you know back in wherever from what i understand i, I i've heard people talk about it i was like yeah. oh that's pretty interesting but it, it's never hit me but yeah i, I should i should you know, yeah. I mean, I, if it's something that interests you. Yeah. Oh no, of course it does. It does. It's just you know, I'm I'm so all over the place sometimes. So. Yeah, I get yeah, that. Man, <laughs> man of, of of many things. Huh. Well, it's important to stay busy though. I mean, yeah. like Outside of uh, of like work and stuff like, I mean, I know you obviously you work out and stuff like that. Like, mm-hmm. what 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 kind of things you do you get into? Um. Nothing lately. Uh, nothing as, currently other than, you know, working out and working. I, I know I need to find more time and what I'm passionate about. You know, I, I love music. I, it's always been a dream of mine just to create something, you know. No. Whether it's big or not, I don't care. As long as I, you know, put something out there, you know, mm-hmm. that, that's mine, you know. But I, I've always procrastinated on it and been lackadaisical about it. So that's my own fault. So wow. um, Just do it. Yeah. Let's do it. Yeah, literally, definitely. like I said with the podcast, yeah. just do it, man. Yeah, I know. If I know. it if it works, it works. If it doesn't, it doesn't so yeah. whatever. Mm-hmm. But I, you you have a computer. Go in there, download your program. Yeah. You can get, you know, FL Studio or Logic, whatever it is you want to get, or you can buy like one of those samplers or something yeah. like that. Yeah, and just do it, man. Yeah, man. I used to intern at a studio. I just wasn't. I, I haven't been inspired lately with this current climate of music so I, I know that should be no excuse if anything you should be the change and you know yeah well it's you know. maybe I, I mean inspiration is very what's the word I'm looking for it's it's it comes and goes mm. you know as with motivation yeah and what I've learned with inspiration because I've always struggled with inspiration and in a lot of different things mm-hmm. and uh, one thing that I've done that has helped me with inspiration is just doing shit you know what i mean like yeah. like with music yeah. i st- i didn't create music for years i barely played my guitar and then i just was like told myself i got 10 minutes a day hmm. 10 fucking minutes a day okay. to play my guitar 
and I did that, you know, and so weird things started to happen. It's like a muscle. Yeah. Start exercising that muscle. It's true. And that inspiration gets momentum going, yeah, you know, exactly. and then you'll start, you'll be like this in this weird state of receptivity, uh, where you're like, you hear something in a song or you'll hear a song or see something in it sparks uh creativity and you're like oh man i could do this with that yeah this makes me want to do something like yeah. that it's a weird thing that yeah. happens so i mean at the very least you know yeah at least exercise it like you said do it you know yeah because when you don't exercise that that muscle just atrophies yeah you know and then then it's like dang I've done, i haven't done it in like 12 years and then yeah it then, goes then by quick brother goes by so quick you know yeah so quick yeah and I used to mess with drums and guitar. I, I I need to brush up on that myself. So. Do you own any instruments? Yeah, yeah I have a guitar. Oh, I mean, that's yeah. always a start. You yeah, know? man. Yeah. So, did you start playing instruments and stuff when you were young, or when did that come mm -hmm. in? Like, how did that come about? Um. Well, my uh, a friend of mine who I grew up with um, in our old neighborhood, he had a drum set and and a guitar and everything, and he used to go to this little music camp, and they and. Um, they used to like cover a bunch of you know uh, uh, '90s rock stuff like you know Metallica, Nirvana, mm -hmm. and everything. So um, I got my inspiration from that, and I always um, the drummer from Metallica, Lars Ulrich. Mm -hmm. That's the reason I picked up drumsticks. Hell yeah! And Slash man. from Guns N' Roses was the reason I picked up a guitar. Yeah, you know. Um, so th th that's what got my drive back in the day, and I j just used to mess around. Um, everything that I know is by ear. I yeah. can't read a sheet of music for shit. But, you know, every, everything Same. I know is just as if I'm listening to it in my head and then, you know, I'll, I'll play it out on the guitar or yeah. the drums, you know, so. That's awesome, man. Yeah. Like, I'm very similar in that. You yeah. know, I, I learned how to read tablature, mm -hmm. not 100%, but because there's, like, time signature. I don't even know if that's the right word. You know, like, uh, what do you call it when there's, like, like eighth notes, quarter notes, and all that stuff? Mm -hmm. it, there's a way to read that in tablature. I'm not yeah. sure how to do that, but... Tablature was super easy for me because it's numbers. Mm. Like, okay, this is what string I play and what fret I play that. Oh note yeah, at, yeah, you know, three and five. Yeah, yeah exactly. Okay. You know? yeah. So I learned that yeah. way so I could learn songs because mm -hmm. some songs I was just couldn't play yeah. by ear, especially like metal songs. Yeah. You know, like when I got into a band because I I played in a band just for a little bit and we didn't perform live or anything. Yeah. But I'm like, holy shit, some of these songs I can't learn by ear. You know what I'm saying? I have to learn the tap. Like a Lamb of God song. I'm not going to pick that up by ear. I'm Absolutely. like, what the fuck yeah. are they playing? Yeah, it's like so Pantera. fast. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. You know? And uh, we were going to do this song by Lamb of God. I cannot remember the name of it. <laughs> it was, I loved the song. Um, and then we were going to do one by As I Lay Dying called uh -huh. Through Struggle. Yeah. And I'm, I was new to metal. Mm -hmm. And metal's very technical. Very technical. That's a that's a very yeah. technical guitar. I'm like, yep. holy shit. You know, yeah. it was prior to that playing like blues and stuff. Very simple mm -hmm. to a degree. Yeah. But metal is a whole different like whole you had all these syncopated like yeah. uh, like style playing yeah. and everything. And I'm like, holy shit. Yep. So I had to read the tablature. Yeah. I'm like, I don't know what's yeah. going on. I'm so lost. Yeah. Or even with the drums with the double bass pedal. Yeah. You know, it, it, it's it's so crazy. It's the same thing. You know. So crazy. Yeah. Yeah. I wish I. I don't really know how to play drums. I can lay drum tracks down. I understand, like, I, in my head, hmm. I can make drums work. But in terms of actually playing, I've yeah. never actually played a drum set. Okay. That's probably, you know, that's probably got to be a good feeling. Yeah. You know? Yeah. We should hit up a music store one day. And, Bro. You know? Yeah. And, like, the electric drum set, you put, put the headphones on, you can hear yourself. It's a pad. And stuff. It's a pad. Yeah, that's you awesome. Know? Yeah. But, it's, but when you hear it and, it and it transfers into the headphones, it's... It's, it's as if it's a 
That's drum amazing. Set. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Man. I just knew from the, the bass pedal to the snare to the hi-hat and then the toms. And then listening to the song, I knew which ones they were. I got you. Also, seeing them, you know, watching the music videos back in the day or watching my friends play, I'd be like, all right, I got it, you know? Mm-hmm. And then, you know... Uh, I mean, don't get me wrong. I, I, there's, there are things I had to practice, but there, there's things that I, you know, I, I got down pat, you know, just from ear and eye, you know. Yeah, so. that's amazing what you can learn by just watching and listening, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, and that's when you know it's like a, it, it, it's your passion and your gift because yeah. a lot of people don't. You know, I, you know, I, I don't. You know, some kids could throw a baseball. You know, that was, you know. Or, or with us, with our love of MMA, you know, yeah, yeah football. Real, I like football, but it doesn't do what it does that MMA does. You no, know? it's so. not the same. It's not the same feeling, you know. Yeah. I, I've never been a fan of like sports, really, yeah. you know. Although I did appreciate uh, basketball, just mm-hmm. uh, just because they're so technical mm-hmm. with what they do. Yeah. Football. I never I I enjoy watching football yeah. to a degree because it is a bit of like a combat sport. It is in that they're just crashing into each yeah. other. But basketball, I like the finesse of it. I yeah. remember growing up watching like Jordan and, and Kobe. Absolutely. And uh, and I collected basketball co- uh, basketball cards, and that kind of is what like made me yeah. enjoy it because like I know that person because I have that card. Yeah. You know, like Anthony Hardaway. Yes. Um, uh, mm-hmm. who, uh, who else? Uh, Re- Reggie Miller. Reggie Miller. Um, yeah. Post. Uh, Carl Malone. Carl Malone. Yeah. Mr. Postman. And, and all those guys. And um, I had all these cards, you know, and I, yeah. it got me to watch it. And I'm like, wow, that's amazing what a human being can do with a ball mm-hmm. and, and a hoop. Yep. You know? Yeah. I was just watching highlights of uh, Allen Iverson the other day. I did not realize, because like, I haven't watched any of that since I was a I kid. Did. I did not realize how talented that man was. He was. He could, like, break he your just ankle. Move, yeah. well, he was, like, just, just making people look like amateurs, yes. man. Yeah. Yeah, his handles were crazy, and how he would, you know, I, I, you know, and they, they're as passionate as we are with the MMA. You know, we know the, you know, two five, two three, mm-hmm. as to where they know the the pivot and everything, yeah. and you know, it, it, it's, it's it's just like that with them. So, because uh, um, when when Kobe died, all the people were breaking down the moves that he taught him. I was like, oh, it's kind of like, you know, when you break down moves in 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 in, in MMA or boxing. So. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of parallels in yes. that sense. At any yeah. like sport, you know, you can apply some principles from one sport to mm-hmm. the next. Uh, you know, on a technique yes. level, you know. So, what got you into MMA though? Like, what was it about it? Um, I've always loved combat sports. I don't know. I guess it's been in me or something. Um, according to my dad, when they went and uh, got me from the Philippines to adopt me, uh, they said they watched Rocky Three on the plane. Oh, and then like uh, then. When growing up, he got me to watch the Rocky movies. That was my first introduction into some form of, you know, um, uh, combat sport. And then, you know, growing up, uh, you know, the kickboxer, Van Damme movies, Steven Seagal movies and everything. Also, I grew up on um, uh, pro wrestling, you know, (laughs) even though it's entertainment. It was still kind of like an application of some type of combat. And then um, I remember UFC, uh, we never could afford the pay-per-views. But I remember our local video store finally had that UFC one tape. I was like, and and, and uh, I, I would rent every tape after the pay per view, um, uh, you know, a month after the pay per view. So uh, that I was like, oh shit, it's like a real life kumite. That's so awesome. then I remember appreciating um, 
Hoist Gracie and like just seeing him tap all these dudes out like you know I was like I, like it took me a minute like oh what what happened you know because I'm used yeah. to you know you you used to seeing someone getting starched or something but like like oh he got his back and he choked him out yeah. and he's not the biggest person that's pretty yeah. cool you know and, and just with the gi and he just I remember him like rear naked choking Dan Severn and I'm like oh okay I get it you know even though I'd rather see a you know like a a a, 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 a drag out you know barn burner you know but I, I appreciated that ground game i was like okay i get it you know yeah. and then after that yeah um i kind of took a break from it but then like around 2003 religiously you know yeah. yeah yeah i remember like around that same kind of time it i don't know what happened in that same in that time frame around 2004 2005 yeah. something I wonder if that was when Forrest and Bonner Forrest fought. Forrest and Bonner fought, 2005. Have, yeah, it had to yeah. have been around that time. Yeah. Because after that point forward, mm-hmm. people were like, oh, shit. Yeah. You know, and then it yeah, it, it elevated very yep. quickly. But, but I remember sitting there watching, like, the old WEC fights and stuff like that. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know. Did you watch any of the old WEC? S- um, some of them. Yeah. Some of them. So a lot of the current champions yeah. and stuff are – I shouldn't say current, but former champions uh, fought in the WEC. It yeah. was really, it was a cool little fight league yeah. for all the smaller guys, yeah. really. The like, UFC. Like Mike Brown. Yeah, yeah absolutely. You know? yeah. I watched him uh, fight Faber, Stark's yes. Faber, with that yep. crazy ass. That, that, that little right hand. Yeah. Um, but because the, at the time, if I'm not mistaken, the smallest weight class was like 155 in the UFC, you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, I remember following like Nate Diaz and stuff. I'm like, oh man, this the smaller guys 155 you know yeah. I, I used to follow nate diaz back then <laughs> and uh but the wc had all the small guys you know mm-hmm. demetrius johnson dominic cruz uriah yep. faber um scott jorgensen yeah. uh miguel torres i mean the list goes on yeah. and it was cool to watch these guys sort of fast-paced super technical mm-hmm. you know and uh they put hats off to the wc they had a i don't know who the matchmaker was but they put on some really good fights they did man. So if you ever get the time, go yeah. check out some of the old yeah. WEC fights. They're yeah, all, definitely. They're all on, yeah. on, on or the when, um, Yeah, I remember when Aldo did to C- Cub Swanson. Remember oh, yeah. that flying knee? It was so fast. Whew. Swanson was just yeah. done. Yeah. And uh, Or when Jose Aldo kicked Uriah Faber's leg. So, oh, yeah. Well, his I, leg was so messed yes. up. They had to carry him back to the corner. Yeah. I remember that. Yep. And yeah. that, that was when WEC transferred to UFC. That was like... Because I remember watching that event, and because it was still WEC, but the beginning program was Joe Rogan and Dana White talking. I'm like, oh, hold up. Yeah. And then they made that announcement. I was like, wow. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, yeah that was exciting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. UFC absorbed all that. Mm-hmm. You know, it's MMA is in an interesting state now because it's still obviously growing as a sport. Yes. But, um, and it's. It's like his teenage years. <laughs> yeah, and it's easily probably one of the most uh, – it's the most popular combat sport mm-hmm. in the world, I would mm-hmm. have to say. Well, I shouldn't say the world. I don't know. I don't know what kickboxing or boxing does number-wise. Yeah, internationally. Globally, yeah. Yeah. But I'm inclined to believe that MMA has to be one or two. It has to be. Because, you know, you, know you, you have, you know, uh, everybody, you know, you, you, they go to China, they yeah. go to South America, they go to Brazil. So yeah. superstars yeah. Yeah. from multiple countries, too. You know? Yeah. But it's interesting to see, you know, the growth of the sport just in the past five years alone. Mm-hmm. But what I really hope to see is 
like they refine it because like with the judging and stuff like that judging so bad bro. bad yeah so bad these yeah. are people's livelihood yeah that, that's on the line yeah. you know but you know as they say you can't leave it in the hands of the judges you know i mean we're not in there but i i, I like what joe rogan said he wishes like you know um the former fighters could be judges like Matt Hughes and yep. you know I, I was like that's a great idea because they yeah. know they've been in there yeah. you know some of the, you know some of the judges you know correct me if I'm wrong it's like part of the commission they've never yeah. been in there no they have no so, idea they yeah, never no trained idea. or anything like that yeah. so that would be great you know have more judges like maybe five six judges mm-hmm. even and uh, yeah have them be former fighters yeah. you know and I don't know like make a scoring system specific to MMA instead of using a boxing scoring system that's true you know, I don't yeah. really know how, what that would look like, but yeah. we're, people are smart enough to figure it out. Yeah, exactly. You know? Yeah. So I don't know. We'll, we'll see. I mean, I'm sure it's going to change eventually. They're going to get enough pressure from yeah. the public. Like, what the hell is going on here, man? Yeah, like, man. you're having really bad decisions, like, consecutively, mm-hmm. and this is happening all the time. Yeah. yeah. And you see it in boxing. Yeah. You know, oh, it's like, yeah. wow, that's, like, corrupt. There's some egregious yeah. decisions yeah, in man. boxing that are, like, Ooh. Like who's paying you? Yeah, absolutely. You know who's paying you? Yeah, you know? man. But, yeah. bro, what a crazy time to be an American right now, man. <laughs> See, Yo, <laughs> just get a crazy. sigh on yeah. that one. You know, uh, oh man, it's like where do you begin? I was just, and the reason I even mentioned that because yeah. I was, I was in, uh, again, I said I was in Winwood, la- Winwood last night. And I've seen all these murals of, like, people that were killed mm. by the police, yeah. you know, and stuff like that. And it's just the the civil unrest and just the the uh, the hurt of the public is just, it runs so deep. It's just everywhere. Yeah, man. You, like, you see it everywhere. Yeah. And it's, like, I think it's more so of, like, a growing pain. For America, it's a very rough transition period for us right now because mm-hmm. there's, I mean, it's just painfully obvious that there's systemic racism. Absolutely. At the very core yeah. of our country. Yeah. Like, it's just. Yeah. It's obvious. Yeah. It's, there's hard data to yes. support that. Yeah. You know, I mean, if, if anybody's ever been involved with the prison system, I mean, yep. that speaks for itself. Yeah. You know? Definitely. It, it came as no surprise that everybody I was locked up with was primarily black. <laughs> you yeah, know, man. or or Hispanic. Yeah. You know, so it's it's a lot of people get in prison just for that kind yeah. of stuff. Just, just yeah, just for the color of the skin. Even you know, I never did any hard time, but I remember spending a weekend at South Dade, and they would tell me this is for the black man. Yeah. You know, this, this place is for the black man. I'm like, yo, yeah. you chill with that shit. You know. Yeah. That's yeah. A, a lot of people don't understand yeah. you know, how that works, but it's not even that. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not even trying to go down that rabbit hole with it, but it yeah. is that our criminal justice system at some point shifted to a kind of like a for-profit system. So, and what does that mean? It, it appears. And again, I'm, this is just my perspective. I don't, I don't have somebody um, that I'm getting information from. That's yeah. But you just draw off life experience, man. Yeah. But uh, I've noticed that a lot of the convictions and stuff, it's like, if you don't have money, you can't afford legal representation, you know, mm-hmm. so you get a court-appointed attorney. I had a court-appointed attorney. Like, I can tell you exactly the demeanor of this person. 
He barely even wanted to, he wouldn't even look at me in the eye. Mm. It was just a very monotone, all right, let me go through the paperwork. Dude, this yeah, is just what emotions. Yeah, this is what we're going to do. Yeah. This is what's going to happen. Pretty much he's like, you're, well, I don't care about anything that happens to you. Exactly. You know, and then yeah. I was 17, you know, and I yeah. knew enough at the time to understand that, you know, yeah. like, and that's a lot of the case for people. Yeah. And so it's so easy for them to get a conviction, you know, and I'm not sure if uh, for Michigan, an inmate, I want to say per year, they got like 35,000, 45,000, something like that. Yeah. The uh, state makes per, I'm not sure if it's the state. Uh, I forget where that money goes to, but it's around like 33, 35,000 per year per inmate. Sure. You know, that's a yeah. You can make some money, and I've always said prison's big business. It it's is. always big business, and it gets interesting yeah. because now prisons are privately owned. Okay, mm-hmm. so this started happening in Michigan when I got out. Everything started privatizing. Mm. Started with the food. All right, so the quality of food drastically decreased mm. right before I got out, and it was because these companies came in and they bought the bare minimum stuff. You know, so they can mac- maximize profits. Yeah, it got really bad, and and uh, it got even more interesting because all the goods that prisoners buy, be it clothing, um, any type of electronics and things like that, were through companies like JL Marcus, East Bay, um, some other ones, and a lot of these companies uh, have people within the government that own portions of these companies mm-hmm. or own the companies, so that. Somehow I feel that's all tied in. The criminal oh, justice like is a big circle yeah. of money yeah. that people are generating, yep. you know. Yep. And uh that's I don't know, that's a very capitalistic approach yeah. to to that whole situation. Yeah. It's really interesting. I don't know. Yeah. Like in the show Orange is the New Black, they kinda of tap into that. Yeah. How it's like, you know, all you know, the administration is all about their profits and, you know, fuck the well being of the prisoners, you know. And, you know, it's kind of common sense, but you really see it or if you lived it, you know, it kind of gives you the idea. And I I like how they expose that, you know, and um, or how they cover shit up. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, man. So, I mean, it's it. And it's hard, too, now, because there's such a rift between police and society now. Yeah, man. Bro, like that relationship is so damaged right now. Yeah. And I was just listening to uh, the Joe Rogan and Jocko Willenick, uh podcast. If you haven't listened to that one. I need to. Yeah. I, I recommend it. Yeah. I just finished it this morning, actually. Okay. And Jocko said some wonderful things for being able to make officers more equipped at dealing with people. Mm-hmm. Because he... Like he made a valid point. Some officers only train a handful of hours per year mm-hmm. to deal with like people, yeah. to deal with hostile situations. How often throughout the year are you having to have somebody put their hands on you and stuff like that? Yeah. I mean, I would assume for an officer, the amount of times that he's getting into physical confrontations is probably exceeding the amount of training he's doing for it from what i understand um meaning that like we go to train to to do uh jujitsu or something like that Mm -hmm. you do that throughout the week a few times a week you know a couple hours three times a week or whatever 
you get a certain level of comfort in chaotic situations. Exactly. You understand, okay, this is how I need to deal with this situation. You yeah. know, I understand I need to have this kind of mindset. You kind of become, uh, you're able to kind of see outside of the situation. Like, All right, I need to approach it this way and problem solve. You exactly. Know? And I feel like people suck at dealing with stressful situations. All right. Naturally, mm-hmm. it's really hard for us to deal with a stressful yeah. environment. Yeah. You know, and I couldn't imagine being a police officer and having all the responsibility, you know, mm. and not be equipped on a social level to de-escalate something. And then if it turns physical, turns fi- then not have the ability to, yeah. you know, quell the yeah. quell it from turning into something bad. Yeah. And where I'm going with this is I feel like there should be definitely an element of continuous training like yeah. weekly I think that would help a lot of oh, people. Definitely, yeah. Because from what I understand, you know, um, uh, back in the day, training was different. They went through rigorous training. From no. what I understand, I, I, I was never a cop, but from, you know, from the cops I was cool with, they 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 they, they would go through like um, you know uh, crazy triathlon type training, as also like boxing and everything, mm-hmm. and and I think wrestling. But now I. From what I understand, it's like maybe it's just a few weeks, yeah. and then boom. Now you still have your fear, you still have your, you know, your little insecurities, and now you just have that badge, and now yeah, bad things could happen. No, it's very know? true. You yeah. know, it's such a high stress job. Yeah. Oh yeah. And and to circle back to that podcast, Jocko was talking about how they would do eighteen months of uh, training for like I think he said like a six six month operation or mm. three month operation or something like that. And essentially what he was saying is the amount of training should far exceed the actual like situations that you're dealing with just yeah. so you're so well equipped, uh, so well equipped. But one thing he touched on that made me think, and I never thought about it this way is officers should be, or not, not even, it's not even the responsibility of the officers, the police department and the people funding the the police departments should make it a priority for those police departments to build relationships in the areas that they're sending their police officers. There should, we need to change the relationship with society in the police, especially with minorities because it's an us versus them mentality mentality with that. So like, and he was talking about how, officers should offer kids like ride along so they can see what their jobs like so they can understand mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. and and build that relationship you know because yeah. it really it's you like you're as an officer you're in the in the business of building relationships and they're typically going to yeah. be bad right off the bat you yeah. know what i'm saying like you're when you're involved with an officer it's not typically a good scenario you know what i'm saying <laughs> they were called on you or you were involved with something yep. where they were called something bad came yep. as a result yep. and a lot of people i don't think are very good at dealing with people that's true <laughs> you know yeah but it it's also has to be the willingness of the community too because yeah. oh, people ra- are raised to be like yeah fuck the police you know mm-hmm. so it, it, it's it's going to be hard to trust um, on both sides. Oh yes. So that that, that that's going to be an uphill battle. I mean, uh, hopefully we could get there, and and you know, um, you know, even if you don't agree, try to understand, so you can walk away with understanding and try to make change. Yeah. Yeah, man. Oh. 
that's that's a hardware that's a hard like there's really no single solution to that yeah but it's i mean it's not on people like you and i to figure that out Mm -hmm. but it the powers that be the leaders that have control of that like these are the kind of solutions that we need to come come up with because like my entire life it's always been like an us versus them mentality with police you know well, I guess just how it spends, how my family was, you know, like all my family were not the most law abiding individuals, yeah. you know, so it was just kind of the culture. Yeah, exactly. And I know a lot of areas and a lot of different people from a lot of different parts of, of the country that have that same mentality, you know, yeah. and you, you see that now in a lot of the music we listen to, you know, sure. we listen to a lot of hip hop and yeah, stuff man. like that. And yeah. That's the culture there. It is. It's fuck the yeah. police. Yeah. You know? I mean, and also, you know, it's, it's based off, uh, you know, life experience. It's mm-hmm. what we experience. It's you know, like you say, you're in the system. You see how the system is. You see the systemic racism mm-hmm. put in place, you know, just through that. And then, like, you know, the the music is just social commentary mm-hmm. on that. You know, it's it really is. Yeah. You know, so. this is what they've seen. This is what they've lived. Yep. You know, this is their experience. Yeah. Their, their, their their, this is our news report, you know? You know? Oh. So what's have you ever experienced like racism or anything like that? Yeah, uh, nothing's too severe, thank God. But you know, I I, um, I remember I was in Miami for like Memorial Day weekend back in two thousand two. Um, uh, my boys stole beer, and uh, long story short, you know, I, I, I'm waiting in the car. I see my boy running. You know, is it, when all those festivals were going down there, and I see some security guard running after him. I was like, oh shit, get down. So me and my boy, you know, ducked down. I was like, you know what? Let's walk back to the beach. Walk back to the beach, cops roll right up on us, you know? And then my boy was put, who stole the beer, was Puerto Rican. I kind of look Hispanic. Yeah. So, but I'm, you know, so no snitching. I'm, I'm telling the cop, yo, I don't know what you're talking about. He's like, well, you fit the description of a Hispanic kid, just stole some beer. Uh, you know, I don't. Honestly, I, I, I didn't tell on him. I was like, oh, I don't know what you're talking about. And, but the cop was like, I bet you never had a job in your life, you fucking spick and all this. I was like, whoa. You know, you Jesus, know? fuck. Yeah. And he had like, like the, the big cowboy belt on. He had a cowboy hat on. And oh. I was like, damn. And he was like, you're, you're, um, I bet you never had a job in your life. And at the time, I worked at an insurance company. Yeah. And then, you know, he and he's all like, oh, uh, pieces of shit like you and all that. And then I, I ended up having a, a warrant. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Oh, like, God damn it. <laughs> you know, uh. and um, not only that, but, you know, around here, uh, we got pulled over in North Lauderdale um, and then, you know, they transferred from North Lauderdale to BSO. And then um, and, you know, I, I, you know, I would hang out, you know, like, you know, a melting pot of friends. But, you know, at the time I was like with, with um, my boys who happened to be black and they're like, yeah, five black males. And I'm, I'm like, yeah, well, you know, I'm, I'm Filipino. He's like, no, five black males. I'm like, yeah, like like we're all the same. It's, he's yeah inferring you know yeah. i was like jesus christ you know yeah and like yeah oh, we wild. fit the they you know the excuse was it we fit the description yeah they're just trying to see what they could get yeah you know i mean nothing too severe you know thank god all the major shit we never got caught with yeah <laughs> you know it's all the stupid shit that we got caught with for me yeah. you know like Let's bags see. of weed or something yeah yeah, yeah, no, that's silly. Yeah, how that stuff works with, yeah, the, with the whole weed thing. But no, that's wild because it, that that's a perfect example of an officer like that. He was, you know, came into becoming an officer with having that mentality. Yeah, yeah. you know, these beliefs and everything. Yeah. And there's nothing to really screen that exactly until you're on the job. Yep. And then like, then it's got to be on your 
coworkers to hold you responsible, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. But then what kind of culture? Is that the culture? Yeah, exactly. That the, that, uh, and, <laughs> and that's my thing because, uh, you know, um, uh, I, I just hope that the good ones speak out against their corrupt counterparts, mm-hmm. and, you know, but it, it doesn't happen. And, and, and that's the thing I can't get my head around. It's like, wow, you know, they, you know, but I've heard stories where cops were fired for speaking out. Yeah. So it, it, it is crazy. Yeah, who knows? I don't know yeah. what the answer is, man. Yeah. That's why there's just so much unrest. Nobody has an answer. No. Nope. And everybody's pissed off. Yeah, man. Yeah. You know? And then we have a, a fucking reality TV star as a president. Yeah, man. <laughs> uh, it's it's, it's crazy. wild, man. Yeah. You know, like, I don't follow politics at yeah. all. I make it a point to avoid mm-hmm. that just because of how divisive it is. It, it, it becomes. It you is. Know? Um,. Like it's not even politics, and I and I said back in the day, I remember having a conversation with a friend. It's like you don't need to be part of a political party. All you need to do is live your live life, and you'll see yeah. how things are. You know, you don't need to be a Republican or Democrat. You know, I mean, there, there there's some views I have that are conservative, would be considered conservative or liberal. You know, it mm-hmm. just depends on my life experience is and then i'll take my stance on it i don't align myself with a party and then fucking fuck your view you know yeah. so that, and that's just it's, it's just a bunch of tribalism and if you don't disagree then you're you know then you're racist or you're um denying someone's humanness it, it's 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 crazy instead of well, yeah we got to that point now where it's like where it's like you disagree then you know you're you're, you're, you're a scumbag for yeah. it. And that's where know? the communication breaks down completely, man. Yeah. People, especially on social media, man, it's a goddamn echo chamber. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. if if you don't, if you if your views don't ali- al- align with my belief, well, mm-hmm. then fuck you. Yeah. And then you write them off. Yeah, it's, 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 it's the weirdest thing. Wild. Yeah. I mean, even if we had a different view, I know you at the end of the day. Yeah. I know Brandon as a person. I know he's not no fucking piece of shit. Yeah. You know? And, and, and it's so crazy how people are quick to write you off just like that. It's just like, oh, Yo, you don't remember our conversations about life or, or, or you know, what we talked about and or you can't discern me as a person, you know, just for having a different view, you know, because I'll, I'll take in considera- consideration your life experience. You know, I'm not going to be like, oh, well, he disagrees with me on that. He's a fucking piece of shit. Fuck him. You know, it's it's so weird. Dude, some people are yeah. like that, man. Yeah. Like, so I grew up in the Midwest, and a lot of people are very concrete in their thinking, mm. meaning that they have, um, there's a lot of conservatives. Mm-hmm. I don't really know. Um, no, I'm, I'm not even sure what that... Uh, over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. This is like how we spread yeah. your beliefs and whatnot, yeah. you know? Yeah, and it's just like, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Just fucking driven into someone's fucking head mm-hmm. to where, you know, I, I dare to say fucking brainwashed, you know? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh. That's, I mean, that's why it ends up happening a lot of the times. People, yeah. whether or not it's true or not, it's yeah. just what they're told. So yeah. that's their, that's what their truth becomes. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely, but but like I said, you know, hate hate's taught in the home. But you know, uh, uh, like ignorance comes in all forms. You know, yeah. all colors. You know, a piece of shit's a piece of shit, no matter what color you are. You know, so it, 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 it's just crazy right now. Yeah. yeah, man. This is what uh, <laughs> this is the climate of life right now. It's, yeah, man. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I don't think. 
anything's really that different. It's just so every everything's in your face. Everything's mm-hmm. on social media. It's at the fucking palm of your hand. Mm-hmm. You know, back then you had it. You know, you heard Princess Diana on the news. You know, just from the news, that mm-hmm. was your only outlet. You know, now if that was to happen now, it'd be every fucking where. Oh yeah. You know, so now it's like it's it's it, it's constantly drilled into your head, and you know, getting into people's. You know, people are getting in their feelings about it because it's all they see on their timeline. Yep. And then you know, then you fucking argue. Everybody has a fucking pa- platform. Yep. So then, then it's like, oh fuck you, fuck you, you know. And then, then, yeah. then, then you start to compare. Like social media has has its great things, but then you know it could be a very bad thing too. Oh yeah. Because then you know, then you're comparing your life with everybody else's, and that's a, you know that's a that's a catalyst for misery too. Oh that's you a, know absolute so. catalyst for misery. That's yeah. very true, man. Um, like, like, oh man, they're on vacation. I'm fucking broke. <laughs> you yeah, know, like, fuck you. Yeah, but everybody wants to show their highlight. They don't want to show the behind the scenes. It's like, oh, you know. Yeah. Yeah. When you know that person in real life, it's like, yeah, you're not, you're, you ain't all that. Yeah. You know? Well, that's very true, man. Uh, yeah. A lot of people don't like to show their failures. Yeah. It's like, yeah. oh, my life is perfect yeah. through this perfect lens. Yeah. But failures is what makes you, man. That's yeah. what makes you better. Shoot. You know. Like going back to the you know MMA training discussion, it's like I uh, I still got a long way to go, but you know I wouldn't improve if I didn't get my ass kicked some nights, you know, and, and yeah. like I walk out of here like, damn, I fucking sucked. <laughs> what the fuck was wrong with me tonight, you know? <laughs> like like yeah, but that's that's what makes you better. So yeah, and, and I'd rather post the truth and 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 be like, damn, I suck tonight, you know, because that was that's what makes you better. You know, you don't you don't get better by kicking ass every night, you know. So. No, that's true. I mean, like some of the best things in life and then anybody who's ever done anything or has lived any kind of life where they've dealt with adversity, you've come to, you come to learn that adversity is one of the single greatest things for character development. Yeah, man. It's like if you want to get if you want to progress in life, you need to go through some adversity. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because if you're not if you're not failing, you're not doing enough. Yeah. And if you're not failing, that means you're always Either you're, you're you're not setting your goals high enough, or you're not challenging yourself yeah. enough. And one thing that I've learned just from personal experience is every time I failed, sucks, of course, you know. But you typically come out the other side a better person, you know. Mm-hmm. You've learned something. Yeah. You've you know you you've gained a bit of wisdom, and uh, you're able to apply that moving forward to make life a little bit better. Easy, yeah. You know? Because now you got experience, and now you you know you're not starting fresh. You're starting with experience, yep. you know. But uh, but not everyone's like that, though. You no. know, a lot of people will be like, "Oh fuck, I fucking failed. Fuck everything." Oh, uh, and then they'll start blaming everybody else instead of being like, "You know what? Yeah, this made me better." You know, you know, it, it, I guess it's it's in the power of choosing your thoughts. Yeah. And a lot of people don't. You know, like I, I like, and and sometimes you need that adversity to make you grow. You know. Yeah. Yeah, like even with this job, I mean, it really wasn't detrimental. Detri- everything always could have been worse, but when it's time to move, it's time to move. And I learned, fr- and I just used my experience from what happened before, and boom, shit worked out. You know, I, you know, but you always have your your apprehension, like, oh, it could, what if it doesn't work out, or yeah. what if this happens, what if that happens, you don't know. Yeah, but. You know, no matter what, at least, at least you fucking tried. Yeah. That's all that fucking matters. You know, whether it goes somewhere or not, I don't give a fuck. You know, I, yeah. I can't, like, before you, you attach yourself to results. Yeah. It's, it's, it's oh, God, if I got, oh, what if I put in all this work and nothing happens? Fuck yeah. it. And 
You tried. I, I tried. You know, that's all you can that's do. That's all at the, the end. fuck you did. Yeah. That's all you can do at the end of the day, man. And yeah. it's like, if, I don't know, the, I wish I could remember exactly how the quote went. It's basically, essentially means living in the moment. If you're thinking about the future, you're going to have anxiety. If you're thinking mm-hmm. about the past, it's something to do, like, you're going to yeah. have despair. You can't feel those things if you're living in the moment, yeah. you know? Yeah, if you're living in the present. Yeah, yeah. if you're focused on the moment, then... Yeah you don't have time to be anxious about what ifs and yep. what was and then what was yeah, yeah. regretful about the past anxious for the future yeah which is understood because we're all human yeah you know but yeah you just gotta like mentally exercise like mental exercise is just like physical exercise the more you exercise the easier this shit becomes yeah you know so yeah yeah you just gotta you know, you're aware of your thoughts you accept your thoughts you know like that author that we saw you know you gotta accept yeah. it you accept it for what it is, but you don't let it drag you down to the bottom of the ocean. You know, I, 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 I'm aware of this, but I'm gonna choose this. Uh, you know, and I'll, I'm, a, I'll, I'll, I'm gonna fucking make it. You know? Yeah. 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 You know? No, absolutely, man. Yeah. Well, bro, we did just about did an hour, man. I Shit. Think we'll, we'll go ahead and uh, wrap this up. I mean, right. it's good to finally sit down and be able to. Uh, yeah. To shoot the shit. Definitely. Man. Yeah. I appreciate it, man. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. No yeah. problem. I appreciate taking the time out of your day. Yeah. No, it's all good. Thanks for taking the time of yours. You know, and we'll, uh, we'll have to do it again sometime. And, Definitely. You know, I'll see you at the gym. Yeah. So. I'll see all you right, next brother. time.